today we talk about cups, we talk about uh, Turner Sports, we talk about Frank Calder, 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 how the Calder. heck? Calder? Calder. Is yeah. it? Yeah, Calder. 100% Calder. Calder? It called, well, you're now hotter, but yes, colder. <laughs> it's going to be a long podcast today. Yeah, we're uncovering. This is why I never really care about trophies. The Jolon is going to sell it to me as to why I should care about trophies other than the Stanley Cup. Play some music. Let's get talking hockey. So Joe Long's here, I'm Claire, Matt Day is also here as well. Um, this thing about cups, guys, I've just I've just never really got excited about the Vesna, the Hart Trophy, the Calder Cup. Like, am I am I missing something? Or maybe I was just too overwhelmed with all the other things that ice hockey brings. I, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you in terms of it is not the most important part of the hockey season. And I would swap any of the individual um, awards that are given out for my team to watch my team win the Stanley Cup. Don't get me wrong. So I feel like I need to put that out there. But it is in a very long season, albeit this one is shorter than most, in a long season where there are kind of times when you are playing for a lot and there are times in the season where perhaps your playoff place may be secured and there are um, you're in that kind of difficult period of the, you're not quite sure what your team's playing for. I find it very interesting seeing some of those kind of individual battles then for those players awards and following it, particularly at this part of the year. Let's take the Minnesota Wild, for example. They've got nothing to play for at the moment. They've got a playoff spot clinched as a lot of their division have already been sorted. But there's a really interesting story brewing in Kaprasov and whether he will win the Calder Trophy this year, the Rookie of the Year. And that is just an interesting storyline to kind of follow along and a reason why you might glance over at the Minnesota Wild scores for the remainder of the regular season. And that's the important thing about a lot of these awards is they are given for the regular season performance. And it's quite an odd one with the NHL. And I guess it's because of the fact that a lot of teams or players don't have their uh, playoff kind of games played and goals counted towards their regular or their main stats. Um, and that's obviously because some players play more playoff games than others. So it's just an interesting little kind of thing to keep you entertained and interested in those final few weeks of the season or the regular season. Unless, of course, you're a Dallas Stars fan, in which case this is exactly all you can focus on is your insane run to the playoffs. And I grant I can entirely understand why people of teams like that are not interested in awards at this time of the year oh we're interested in awards well there is a caveat of course if it involves your own player then you are (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think jola's right we you you absolutely trade all of these for your team to win the stanley cup but that said in a normal season you'd watch 82 regular season games yeah and you want your players your top players to get recognition for a, a good season. So, for example, like if you've got a top goalie, you want them to win the Vesna because you want them to get recognition for how good they've been. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a, a decent 
rookie who's had a good season, you want them to win the Calder because it's so it is prestigious. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's why, on top of a an interesting uh, playoff running, uh, regular season running to try and get into the playoffs, we're also trying to campaign for Jason Robertson to hold the trophy. <laughs> Matt is. Okay, can I just clear up that it's not a we as in the podcast. Matt is campaigning for this quite vigorously <laughs> yeah, just on Twitter. Um, it, but it also, like in the moment for Leeds games, it adds a lot to watch Austin Matthews score goals because he is, you know, he's at the moment anyway, running away with the Rocket Richard award, which is for the most regular season goals. Now, it would be very easy to think that I can't imagine players would, but if Matthews didn't score now for the rest of the regular season for the Leafs, it's probably not the end of the world. They'll get goals from elsewhere. However, he is absolutely jacked up to score goals to get this award and have that have his name on another award after his colder one a few years back so it's just fun little kind of subcontext to a season that uh, makes things interesting and helps you stay awake at 3am when you're trying to watch your team yeah see i mean i went back to basics when you guys said that you wanted to bring this up as a subject i was like do you know what i don't even know who frank colder is like uh, these names and what are these awards for? So I went and like did the typical Claire geekery where I went and read a few little stories about Frank Calder, who was the <laughs> NHL's very first president. He held the seat for 20 years. In fact, on the day after he was voted uh, kind of off the board, um, he had a heart attack. So he, he literally carried the NHL through two wars, the Great Depression. Um, and apparently he was he was English. He came from Bristol and he decided to emigrate over to North America and he flipped a coin to decide whether he went to America or Canada. <laughs> right, see, there we go. Fascinating, wow. guys. Anyway. See, only, only, only you would take a subject that you don't care about and don't know anything about. And then by the end of that day from when we were talking about it would have then researched into not actually the award itself, but the reason why <laughs> the reasoning behind the naming of it and the person <laughs> who it was named after the most irrelevant part of the award. And, and do you care more or less about it now you found that out? You know, I, I, at least I get a bit more context, but then I was looking at some of the people who have won this award. Right. Yeah, now we're now we're getting there. Right. Okay. So we have Ovi, um, Alexander Ovechkin, good winning player. in 2005-2006. Bobby Orr, if we go back good even player. further, 1966-67. Mario Lemieux, um, back then, Pittsburgh, 84-85, now Pittsburgh uh, owner. Nathan McKinnon won it. Remember Another in 2013-14, Matthews, you said, in 2016-17. Last three years, we've seen Matthew Barzell, Elias Pedersen and Kale Makar. So uh, that kind of made me think, all right, OK, I kind of get this. It's named after the first NHL president. And this one is for the people who are doing their first year in the NHL. I can yes. remember that now, people. <laughs> for ages, Good. I was like, the Vesna, the Vezina. There like, we go. The we just... We're, we're 12 minutes in and we can finish because now you at least know what the colder is. <laughs> right, okay. But I've just never really had an interest. I mean, the, the one trophy I think that is particularly fascinating in terms of team trophies, because there's individual trophies and there's team trophies, right, is the President's Trophy. And we know a few years ago, Tampa Bay Lightning 
won the president's trophy. They stormed it. It's basically the team that finish in the regular season at the top of the league with the most points. Um, and if the if two teams tie on points, then it's the team with the most wins. And I think that this year is even more fascinating because if you look, there's like between sixty five points and seventy points. You've got so many teams. You've got Vegas, Colorado, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Florida, Tampa, Minnesota, Toronto. And it could change so much in the next few weeks because they've all still got, you know, a good few games. I think that's fascinating. But that is a trophy that I don't care about, the President's Trophy. And me and Jordan have had this discussion many times before because you can't have a league where you compare teams that have not played the same teams the same number of times. Especially this year. It's not, especially this year. It's not, it's, not, it's not a comparison. It's like taking the Premier League and the La Liga and combining the two tables and going, oh, well, Real Madrid are the best team here because they've got this many points well they've probably played worse teams so hey let's create a super league well let's not go there <laughs> uh, but so you, you can't you can't compare them so that president's trophy for me is just absolute nonsense see my argument especially this year my counter argument to matt and we will never we we will die disagreeing on this uh on this subject is that each team has, and I do grant that this year is different because of the, the format, but certainly under a normal season and in normal circumstances, each team has to play X number of teams, more closer to them, fewer away from them, but they all have the similar kind of mix of games. And okay, there could be one year where your fixtures are slightly easier than somebody else's, but we're talking, and particularly in a game of hockey where anyone can beat anyone, I, I still think that that award means something that you you are the best team in the regular season and you end up at the top. However, my <laughs> the thing I heard the other day, and I'm, I'm racking my brain to try and remember the actual um, fact, <laughs> which is always helpful, but um, it was something along the lines of teams in North American sports who finish in the President's Trophy spot across all leagues do tend to not then go on and win the trophy. Like statistically, if you finish top of the regular season in any North American sport, the chances are you're not winning the, the actual trophy. It does not follow through into the playoffs at all. And if anything, it has a more negative impact seemingly um, for some bizarre reason. And that for me has been the thing. I've, I really wanted the Leafs, Leafs to win the President's Trophy this year just to prove they could boss the regular season and then push on. I then read that article about this fact about how teams at the top hardly ever then go on and win the Stanley Cup. And I thought, do you know what? I'm less now bothered about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it just showed the disparity between the divisions because, you know, you look Toronto were really for quite a while dominating the North Division yet they're only ninth in the league. Um, so, But that's even that's evened out a lot now. That North Division has become a lot less... Um, uh, there's a, a lot less of a gap now between those teams. Um, it's actually now come down to, ironically, after we nearly didn't even include it at all in the kind of playoff picture race, it's now come down to being one of the most fascinating run-ins out yeah. of all of them because of this resurgence of the, uh, of the Canucks and the... Montreal just suddenly deciding that they've they're done for the summer seemingly. Well, yeah, because we talked uh, last week about uh, ones to watch um, and the triple header between Montreal and Calgary Flames uh, was was one that I highlighted. 
and that resulted in two games uh, from for Calgary and one for for Montreal. So, yeah, I think that kind of uh, just made Montreal's uh, situation a little bit harder. Yeah. What I do find fascinating at this time of year, if you, if daily, if you go to the NHL news section on their website, and it, and it talks about like, um, what do they call it? Like situ- scenarios. Mm-hmm. of uh, how such and such can clinch a playoff. I mean, it sounds sometimes more complicated than when they explain how someone got a draft pick. You know, like, if this yeah. person wins and then this person puts their right foot in front of the blue line and the other person wears a yellow shoe, then we will allow you to have a playoff spot. It's ludicrous. Still simpler than a three-way trade. <laughs> Yeah, probably. probably. The other hill that me and Matt will never agree on, <laughs> which we just air throughout this whole podcast. I just thought it'd be interesting to have a look at some of the, the races. So we're going to talk about the the kind of some of the playoff races and update a bit of what we were talking about last week. And obviously we'll we'll chat to Matt and check in how uh, the Dallas-Nashville uh, race to the playoffs is, is. But looking at some of these awards, right? So this is what I'm trying to sell to you, Claire. So Okay. If we go through some of these, now there's a fantastic article, again, we mention them all the time, but on The Athletic um, by Dom Lecision, um, where he's been tracking essentially the awards throughout the year and who's most likely to win it from a statistical point of view. He's Dom Lecision's huge into kind of um, advanced stats and all that kind of stuff. So he's kind of created a model, which is what he does for all these kind of articles. He's created a model as to how he thinks these awards are going to go. Okay. Now, some of these, of course, you've got to remember, are voted for by, for example, members of the press. Uh, um, Some of them are voted by other players, um, are voted for by other GMs. So we're not talking about, uh, you know, the Rocket Richard, for example, the most goals scored in a regular season is pretty self-explanatory. We all know who's going to win that. It's the person who scores the most goals in the regular season. There's no argument there. However, for the other awards while we can have a look at the statistics and who's most likely to win it and all that kind of stuff, there are all sorts of other things that are going to play into that in terms of, you know, you've got potential biases, you've got uh, people who view different things, uh, you know, prioritize different elements of the game and all that kind of stuff. So, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll name some of the kind of the top players in these awards and have a look through and shout out any other ones. So should we start with the heart trophy? Okay, yeah, tell me. What, Claire, what do you is know it? what the Hart Trophy is? Who is Hart? So now, okay, so I'm going to stop you here. I'm not going to be able to tell you the the reason or the person the awards are named after. You are going to have to bring that if you want to do that. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that as a B-side podcast where you just go through like Claire Claire's history corner of the NHL and she can just go through random things in great detail. So... The Hart Trophy is given to the player judged to be the most valuable to his team. So if I can, who would you think is top of Dom Decision's list? Well, I mean, Conor McDavid is just dominating in terms of points at the moment. I mean, he's got, what, 81 points in the next down is Leon Dreisider with 60-something? Okay. Matt, who would you have as top of your... Hart Trophy. It's got to be Conor McDavid or. You can't Austin say Matthews. Robertson for every award, by the way. No, so I, I won't. I won't. I promise. Uh, <laughs> but Austin Matthews uh, and uh, Conor McDavid have got to be top. 
Okay, so Matt is, well, you both spot on. And Claire said Conor McDavid, who is top of uh, Dom's stats ranking for, for the Hart Trophy. Um, and Austin Matthews is currently second with Nathan McKinnon, Vasilevsky, Adam Fox, interestingly, of the Rangers up there, Mitch Marner, Rantanen, Barkov, Fleury and Brad Marchand kind of create the top 10. And he's gone into great detail about all of the kind of why, the reasons why and stuff. And obviously go and have a read of the article if uh, if that fancy. We're just going to do a little overview. But I think it's a really interesting award, the heart, because given to the player judged to be most valuable to his team, that, I mean, you, you've got to look at it as McDavid. Well, he is the most valuable because he scores the most points and scores the most goals. But there's a lot of arguments with the heart down to whether a team that doesn't make the playoffs, for example. Can I throw something a little bit more interesting if Conor McDavid gets the Hart Trophy? Yeah. So I am actually just looking at the history um, of this. I'll tell you in a second. Give me but strength. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've, we've all got roles here. Yeah. You turn up late. Well, I spent you, far to, too long doing research. To it's be brutally fine. honest, Claire, usually it's not me bringing anything to the table. So the one time I have brought something to the table, now you're picking it apart with history <laughs> and facts. Let me just say this, right? Go so on, apparently on, every every um, eligible, play, eligible player who won the Hart Trophy has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, eligible <laughs> player. I suppose, because I was going to say, apart from three, apart from three people, but I was like, oh, with Conor McDavid, if he never gets a Stanley Cup um, with the Edmonton Oilers. like He's got a long way to go yet, Claire. (laughs) I hope so. I bloody hope so. But uh, the Hart Trophy is named uh, in honour of a Canadian guy called Dr. David Hart, um, who was the father of Cecil Hart, um, a former coach and general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, lovely guy, Cecil. Absolutely, really, really yes, yes. Really good. There we go. Oh, well, uh, great. Thank you. Uh, good. Um, <laughs> Next. So moving on to the Norris Trophy. Right. Do you know... N-O-R-R-I-S-T. I'm going to have to get you, like, your uh, laptop taken off you. Um, <laughs> Norris Trophy. Do you know Claire? I know you know Matt, because why, would, why wouldn't a hockey fan know? Claire, why, <laughs> what's the Norris Trophy for? It's, it's for defence players, D-men in it. It is for D-men in it, yeah. Given to the defenceman or the D-men in it who demonstrates throughout the season the greatest all-round ability in the position, which is interesting, again, because all-round capability. So you're not just talking about a player who is a rock at the back in the D, and you're equally not looking at somebody who goes and scores a ton of points but then is pathetic at the back and just uh, has an awful plus minus for example so you are looking at players who give your team both so who do we think would be currently top of dom's list for that well having watched him in the central victor hedman has been unbelievable yeah interesting I don't know. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, Morgan Riley was kind of um, put up there for this. I I don't really know. I I don't think I know enough defencemen. I'm much better at knowing more forwards across the league in other teams. I don't think there'll be anyone from the Leafs up there anyway. I mean, Adam Fox is leading the league in defensive scoring, so he's got to be considered. He is interestingly top of the list at the moment. Um, okay. Adam Fox, which I, I you know, I'd realised he was he was doing well scoring wise, but um, 
I hadn't quite realised uh, just how well he was doing um, over in New York, considering they've had a bit of a, well, they've had a hot and cold season, haven't they, where they've been great at certain parts and struggled at others. So some of the other names up there, um, Adam Fox, uh, Dougie Hamilton over in Carolina, Devin Taves over at the Avs, Shea Theodore, Sam Girardi, McKet. Mackenzie Weger over in Florida, Kale McCarr, of course, the Avs as well. God, the Avs are stacked on their, on their D. Um, and Charlie McAvoy, Adam Pellick, and Ryan Pollock as well. So a real mix of names. But the thing that jumped out at me of that list was there wasn't any what I would describe as big names in terms of the kind of big name defensemen that we think of straight so away. Hedman's not on that list. Hedman's not on that list at all. So Dom Decision then goes on to say that he thinks Victor Hedman's played himself out of the Norris ballot over the last month. Um, He thinks there are far too many other strong choices to pick. Now, of course, I can't remember off the top of my head how the, I'm sure Claire's going to tell me in a minute, but how the Norris trophy is voted for and who votes for those. Um, But yeah, interestingly, he doesn't rank in his particular, um, his game score value. As, uh, as Dom marks them all against. So this one is interesting um, in that members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association vote at the end of the regular season. Each individual voter ranks their top five candidates on a point system. Uh, three finalists are named and the trophies awarded at the NHL award ceremony after the conclusion of the, play- the playoffs. Uh, it was named after James E. Norris, who was uh, the owner of the Detroit Red Wings uh, a very long time ago. And get this, Bobby Orr won this for a record eight consecutive seasons back in the 60s wow. and 70s. Eight. You'd be like, oh, well, surprise. And that is the thing with that award. You have got to you've got to produce offensively and still be defensively responsible. And, you know, the, uh, but however... I think if you look over particularly recent awards, it has geared towards defensemen who have um, scored very highly um, on their points totals. And perhaps that one's an easier one to follow as opposed to their defensive impact. So um, these people, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, can actually vote for seven NHL individual awards. They can vote for the Hart, the Lady Bing the Calder, the Norris. I mean, there's loads. The Sel- Is it yeah. Selkie? Selkie, Selk? which is yeah. where we're coming on to next, actually, Claire. Please Beautiful let me hand, segue. hand over to you. Yes. Beautiful segue. Oh, God, NH- I've never done this much talking NHL, in a podcast. NHL GMs vote for the Vesna, though. That's yes. interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Of course, yeah. yeah. We'll come on to that, though. Plot spoiler. We'll come on to that. Oh, um, okay. So the Selkie trophy, Claire, um, given you weren't sure on its pronunciation, do you know what it's actually uh, about? No, I do not. Please inform me, Joel on Kent Walker. <laughs> oh, dear. It's much easier when Claire leads this. Um, given to the forward who best excels in the defensive aspect of the game. Again, interesting one, because it's not necessarily an award that I would easily be able to pick out. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I watch a lot of hockey, but... I struggle to think off the top of my head of a load of really good defensive forwards that are beyond my own team. It just seems like a complete, this is the point. This is why I'm like, are you for real? 
Are you just having a trophy for the sake of it? I mean, just Googling <laughs> this, right? It's got for the QMJHL award given for the uh, Frank J. Selker Memorial Trophy. This is this award is given to the most gentlemanly player. I mean, come on. That's the Lady Bing Award, isn't that's it? That's the Lady Bing. Yeah. yeah, that's the Lady Bing Award that does that. Selkie's all about defence and about a forward who is defensively sound. It usually goes to somebody who scored a lot of points, but also kills penalties and wins face-offs and, you know, contributes to their teams plus minus quite considerably. Which, when you think about the game of hockey, really, there are there are only so many goal scorers and um, yeah, certainly as Leeds fans, we know this is the case, that goals cannot win you, goals on their own cannot just win you a, a hockey game. You have got to defend as well. And your defence is... is you know, it starts with your goaltender and then it next goes to your D. But a lot of the time, those defensive players or those defensive forwards are back in their own zone and they are um, acting as much of a defenseman. It's not, you know, like a lot of other sports which are more positional and perhaps, you know, your your strikers in football or your positional players in the NFL won't get involved in defence at all. Whereas in hockey, even the most defensively useless players will still have to be involved defensively as well. So it is a large part of the game, I guess, which is, I guess, why there is an award for it. Can you uh, name me any players you might think might be uh, in the top 10? Well, I mean, I just had to look through some previous winners to get a kind of vibe of who I might think. I mean, Patrice Bergeron's won this four times, for instance. So he's there. He's there. Yeah. I'll give you a clue as well, Claire. There are two Leafs on this list, on Dom's list. Really? I mean, Mana, surely the guy is a genius. He's like yep. a playmaker. He just creates, he makes other players look good when he's on a line with them. But also on the, he's on the penalty kill as well and plays a yep. huge part in the Leafs' penalty kill. And um, defensively, him, Matthews and Hyman or whoever's with them um, have played a lot of defensive zone time as well. So that's the kind of clue that you're looking for in those um, in those players for a Selkie award. So Marner is mentioned on there. Bergeron is mentioned on there. Uh, Claire, can you name the other Leaf? Uh, Austin Matthews. Interestingly, no, he's not on there. No. No. Hyman. Zach Hyman. Really? Yes. Nice. On, on Dom's rating, he is um, he's third in the list. So he's the highest Leaf and higher than both Marner and Bergeron as well on this Good particular. Alexander, Alexander Barkov's got to be on there and uh, Mark Stone, I reckon. Alexander Barkov is in at number two. Matt, oh, I feel like I'm on the chart show. And uh, Mark Stone comes in at number seven. So yes, he is on there as well. Other names on there to mention. Philip Deneau is the highest one, Montreal Canadien. Uh, Joel Eric uh, ekman Larson, um, he's on there. Uh, Ike's, I, I always struggle with his name. Iafolo, Alex Iafolo um, over in LA. Mark Stone, um, Jean-Gabriel Pajot as well of the New York Islanders. This this dude Selkie, right? Yeah. Do you remember when? Do you remember Educate when? Us. <laughs> remember when Toronto Maple Leafs used to win stuff like? Nope. Because co- I wasn't born by about forty years. <laughs> well, get this. I mean, it seems laughable when I say this out loud. Okay, he was a nine-time Stanley Cup champion with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. But like mm. the fact that he won one cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
But weren't there only like six teams competing for it at that point? Yeah, I know, but Details. 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 Yeah, yeah. Details. We're holding um, on to every cup in our history, like with dear, dear hands now. They're antiques, but they're still valid. Every cup is valid. I think, I think there's a horrible stat that I think it's this year or last year was the, um, the Leafs are no longer on the Stanley Cup anymore because um, because they have the rings around the Stanley Cup where uh, the teams, the entire team's names get or squad list gets put onto, engraved onto the cup. But obviously, eventually, you run out of space. So what they do is they take the oldest ring off and then they put it into the Hockey Hall of Fame, ironically, in Toronto, of course, just to troll us even more. Um, so then they put it off. And I'm pretty sure last year was the year that the last Leafs team, the 67 Leafs team, was taken off the cup, I think. I could be making it. It is amazing. I'm not making it up. Fit that many teams on there. Yeah, that's why I'm now it's doubting incredible. myself. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that they got taken off recently, so the Leafs were no longer on the Stanley Cup. Wow. Until... 2021. I just Sorry, got even sorry. more sad now. as a Leafs fan. I heard about like you know we're the team that hold the longest cup drought. But... Well, it also helps that we are one of the original six as well. I mean, there are a lot of teams who couldn't have a cup drought as long as ours, but still, granted, it's not something to be proud of. <laughs> right. What's the next trophy then? Let's move on from this depression. Right. We're going to finish off with the cold. Uh... Oh no, no, we're going to. So I'm going to go to. Vesna? Let's go to the Vesna. Yeah, let's go to the Vesna next. Vesina. 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 The Vesna, which is given to the goalkeeper, a judged a goalkeeper. Yeah, a judged to be the best at this position. Judged by the GMs. I mean, interesting. Yeah. Why? Uh, don't know. You'd have to ask somebody who's <laughs> who formed the NHL. Um, I don't know, but uh, very interesting that they get a, a say in this one. Um, who do you think, according to Dom's list, is up there this year? Vasilevsky, I've heard, is off the scale with a variety of records. I listened to a podcast the other week. I think it was the Steve Dangle podcast where they were doing like a crazy wish list whether. Um, Campbell would ever get a chance of going for the for the Vesna and he was so far off the record even if he played every single game for the rest of the season and won it that he wouldn't even scratch the surface of Vasilevsky is he not up there yes yeah yeah of course he's like um top of top of all rankings of everything and I think he's almost a a done thing um because I am pretty sure this again is judged in the regular season i think yeah don't it is, get yeah. includes playoffs yeah so i mean barring a horrific run <laughs> the final 10 games for vasilevsky then uh he will be um almost odds on well he will be odds on favorite to win that one can you name any other goaltenders who could potentially uh, take second place <laughs> flurry and hellebuck have had really good seasons that's exactly what i was going to say yeah vegas have just been off the scale yeah. haven't they and he's, he, Flurry's had to take up a lot of slack in the middle of the season when um, Leno was out injured. And what a fascinating storyline that's been. If you think of the playoffs last year and in the bubble, yeah. Leno, you know, taking Flurry's job and all that stuff with his agent and the dagger in the back and all this kind of stuff. And then this year, Flurry has just been on form. And even without Leno's injury um, and struggles, you wonder whether he would have been able to get back in and play. You know, he would, probably wouldn't have got back in to be the starter. Um, so yeah he is up there he's second uh, on Dom's list and also Connor Hellebuck as you say the Winnipeg Jets goaltender is up there 
absolutely terrible against the Leafs the other night. Got pulled um, after conceding three goals on six shots or something like that. Absolutely terrible. But then is there no, isn't there anything more terrifying than playing the same team two nights later when a goaltender of that calibre has the bit between his teeth and kind of just wants to get back at that team again? And uh, he is such a good goaltender. So good. Um, there are some other names to mention. One I was quite surprised about, um, given the year that they've had, but he has had a good year and got a contract extension to uh, uh, as his reward, Thatcher Demko over in uh, Vancouver. Scores very highly on this list. Uh, Valamov over at the Islanders. Saros in uh, Nashville. Calvin Peterson is an amazing story, really, for the LA Kings. Um, he's kind of taken over the starters crease from Jonathan Quick. Cam Talbot. Igor Shesterkin and Mike Smith, everyone's favourite 40-plus goaltender. What's the, the story of the, the LA Kings goalie? I, I don't know that name. I don't know the story. Calvin Pete, I mean, the, the story is essentially that he's just kind of, you know, he's overtaken Jonathan Quick, who's been the LA Kings um, in number one starter for, for many, many years and has won many, many trophies, um, including a couple of Stanley Cups. And um, Calvin Peterson has kind of just come out of the woodwork a little bit. He was playing, I'm pretty sure he was playing third fiddle really for them when Jack Campbell was there. Um, and obviously when Campbell left for the Leafs, that opened up the kind of second place spot. And with LA having a good year, but also having a year where they were looking to, you know, still part of their rebuild. Um, Calvin Peterson has had more looks than he perhaps would have done previously. And he's done very well over there. You know, LA, uh, they haven't really been much on my radar this season, but just looking at the the race that's happening in the in the West Division at the moment. So the top, you know, the top three teams have got their playoff space, however they end up, whatever order. But the fourth spot is still to clinch, and that's still between St. Louis Blues and Arizona Coyotes, of which it's swapped round from when we did the podcast last week. Uh, Blues are now fourth, Arizona fifth. But uh, both of them will be playing LA Kings in the next couple of weeks. So that's interesting to know, because I think in my head, I kind of just thought, oh, they'll play the LA Kings. That'll be an easy win. But, you know, you, you never really know. I, and I, had, I, just, I just kind of had written off, I think, in my mind, LA. But that's good just to kind of tune back in and know what's going on. Yeah, they're an interesting team. And they're a team that obviously... Um... Are you know going have been going through a rebuild and all that kind of stuff. So um, let's move on to the uh, art. Oh, go on, go on. Sorry, sorry. I just need to say that um, the Vesna Trophy is named after uh, (laughs) Georges, Georges, or I don't know. Maybe it's French. Yorgas, Yorga, Vesna. He was a really famous goaltender, the Montreal Canadiens. He actually collapsed during a game and it later found out that he got diagnosed with tuberculosis and died within a year. And the trophy was donated uh, in honour of his name because of his contribution to the league and the Montreal Canadiens. Do not say we don't teach you things on this podcast, um, even if they're things that you didn't necessarily need to know. The Art yes. Ross Trophy. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Art Ross Trophy. A R T. This one's an easier one because it is simply given to the player who leads the NHL in scoring points at the end of the regular season. So again, this is purely a points-based one. So who? And there's no real points for this uh, for answering this one. But who currently leads the lead? Uh, the league. Oh, Connor McDavid. Yes, exactly. Ninety-four points or something. So it's whoever finishes with the most points. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, McDavid is currently projected to finish with 94 points this season, which wow. is unbelievable. Um, so, can you name me some of the other names who are projected to finish in the uh, top 10 of this list? Uh, Come on, I Claire, mean, you must be able to name one. Come on. I would say people like Austin Matthews, yes. Nathan McKinnon, Liam yes. Dreisaitl. Yes. Uh, Dreisaitl at two, Matthews yeah. at about seven. Marner, Mitch Marner, is he up there? Marner's in in at four. Yes, he's projected to finish with 68 points. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where else to go after that. Patrick Kane. Matt, can you fill in any of the blanks? He's in there, Patrick Kane. Uh, no. Uh, Marchand. He's Marchand. He is in there as well. Panarin of the New York Rangers. He's in there. Um, who are we missing? Rantanen um, of the Avs. And in at number 10, possibly one of the most famous hockey players of all time. Sid the Kid. Okay. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Conor McDavid's going to win that, like, hands down. Isn't yeah, surely? yeah, yeah. He's projected, which is nuts. He's projected to finish 15 points clear of dry cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable. Matt made a point to me earlier on today that my fancy hockey team is basically Conor McDavid and a bunch of other hockey players. <laughs> like, it's, he is just unbelievable. And it is a pleasure to have him in my fancy hockey team. <laughs> you know, I, was, I had a little wonder um, the other day staying with the geekery of like I just wonder like what was the most amount of goals scored in a season and obviously came no surprise that Wayne Gretzky was I think he holds the top two of the yeah because he held the record until he beat himself yeah Yeah. and like so he played 80 games one season he scored 92 goals and then the next season below that was 74 games and he scored 87 goals I mean like, there's no one else has really come close to that until you get to, like, uh, Alex Ovechkin in 2008. I think he got 60-something, maybe 65 goals. That's, like, 2008. The rest of them were, like, so long ago. So it just makes you think. Goalies have got bigger, the nets got smaller, and people are scoring less goals. Yeah. Yeah, it's harder to score goals. It's a hard league to score goals in, which but is what... But then you say that, and it feels like we're having more goals this year than last year to me. It feels like there's more six, I seven th- games and... I think five, scoring three. is marginally up, but I think it is only marginal. Because yeah. I thought that. I thought it is way up. And I think across the league, it's only just up a little bit. And still much lower than, you know, historically. Um, well, talking of goals, we should probably move on to the Rocket Richard. We've got this one and one more. Um, this is given to the NHL's top goal scorer. And yeah, we kind of mentioned this right off the top. Austin Matthews currently leads that race. He's on pace for 39 goals. Um, so he should just about get to a 40-point pace. He was a 40-goal pace. He was uh, projected at one point to have something like a 68-goal season over a normal regular season. So he played the full 82 games, which is just unbelievable. Um, can you name me some of the other names that might have got into the top 10? There was a couple on here that surprised me. Uh, no. This is, this is most goals. Yes, most goals. Is Ovechkin even up there? He is. Yep, he's projected to get 28. About someone like Brad Marchand. Yep, the Bruins. he's yep, projected for 29. 
What and then the usual contenders like Conor McDavid, Conor McDavid for thirty-one, Leon, Leon Drysidel, someone like Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane isn't in there actually. So mm. he's getting a lot of assists then this season, yeah. obviously. Must be. Yeah. Rantanen. Rantanen, yeah, is second at the moment. He's projected for thirty-one. Nathan McKinnon for Colorado. Says they're doing pretty well. McKinnon is not in the list. Anyone in Carolina Hurricanes up there? No. I mean, that's what's interesting. We haven't really mentioned anyone from Carolina Hurricanes, but look at the season that they're having. Florida Panthers, great yep. season. Vegas Golden Knights. It kind of shows like these guys have obviously got great teams, not necessarily yeah. Yeah. individuals. They're they're the, well built depth teams. They're very deep. And there's a lot of there are a lot of teams who are kind of uh, perform greater than the sum of their parts, so to speak. Like you know, you've you've got teams in there who haven't got anybody in any of these scoring races, but are doing really well, and that's because of scoring across the thing. So that's yeah, it, this isn't a kind of a, a nod to the fact that these teams are doing particularly better than anyone else. It's just the way that they're built up and the individuals that are involved. So some of the surprises in this one to me were Alex DeBrincat, um, Chicago. He's projected for 26 goals. Um, Tyler Toffoli over um, at the Habs having an amazing season, um, 27 goals predicted. Kyle Connor with the Jets. Max Pacioretty, I did not expect to be that high up. He's projected for 25 goals, um, but does look like Austin Matthews is going to walk away with that one. One final one, which uh, might take us on to another conversation, which could just beautifully seamlessly move on to that, is the old Calder Trophy. So this is given to the player selected as the most proficient in his first year of competition in the NHL. First year of competition in the NHL, Matt. That is the wording. Um, And this is obviously one of the most, I'd say, hotly debated over the years, because I think there's a lot of, particularly when you've, um, you know, if you draft a player high up in the first round or whenever, and they, they, come out the gate and they perform really well then there's a lot of focus and attention on those players like I can remember when Matthews was drafted the whole Matthews line a who's better debate and all of that kind of stuff was bubbling away in the surface and you had Kale McCart who was against I can't remember who he was against um, for his Calder Cup race but there's usually a couple of rookies who kind of battle it out Um, and this year there's some great rookies and some of them that certainly weren't on my radar as a kind of Canadian NHL hockey fan, which you know is, is just my own kind of um, the view that I kind of view the NHL through. But Krill Kaprizov is top of Dom's list at the moment. He is um, with the Minnesota Wilds doing some quite incredible things. If you ever want to see some fun hockey highlights, I fully recommend getting onto YouTube and watching Kaprasov and some of his goals he scored this year. They are unbelievable, some of them. Um, now, we were talking about Carolina as well. Uh, tied in Dom's ranking um, for the Calder Trophy is, um, I think his name is, oh, you've got to love some of these. Uh, is it Nedlakovic? Just say confidently. Just say confidently, of course Let's it is. Let's go with Nedlakovic, who's a Carolina Hurricanes goaltender. They're just Let's nodding because they, they just don't want to have a go at saying the name either. Um, but he's had an incredible breakout year for the Hurricanes in goal. And then Matt's favourite. If you follow Matt on Twitter, you will see the hashtag Robertson for Calder next to every single tweet, regardless whether it's about hockey, 
Spurs or his new child. Everyone has hashtag Robertson for Calder. Uh, Jason Robertson is in at number three on Dom's list. After that, there's a bit of a drop away um, for the other one. So you would imagine it is going to be one of those three. Tough for Alex um, this year because with Reimer and uh, Mrazek back in net, he's potentially not going to get as many starts in the running now for Carolina. Um, so again, I would imagine it's probably going to come down to between Robertson and Kaprasov. Matthew Day, please make the case why Jason Robertson should win the Calder Trophy. Other than the fact he's a Dallas star. Well, so uh, I, I want to make it clear that, <laughs> <laughs> that if Kaprasov start won, with an it, apology, start yeah, with an if, apology. It, it's not an apology. If Kaprasov won. He's a worthy winner. You know, he, he's currently leading the rookie scoring race by two points. Um, and like you say, he scored some incredible goals and done some incredible things. And, you know, he would be a worthy winner. But that said, um, Jason Robertson has had a season that I don't think any of us expected him to at all. Um, at the beginning of the season, he really struggled. Um, and... I think he went back down to the AHL or went into the taxi squad for a little bit. And then since March the 1st, when he came back, he's been unbelievable. And he's now only two points behind Kaprasov, having played four games less. So he's he's really competing with what is kind of, you know, the favourite for the Calder. Um, but not only that, the majority, if not, you know, two thirds of his scoring comes at five on five. Whereas most of Kaprasov's scoring comes on the power play. Um, he's also been incredible. We were talking earlier about the Selkie. Like he's been really, really improved uh, defensively and has got a really good plus minus rating um, and, and is affecting the stars all over the ice, not just scoring and assists. Um, brilliant play last night at the end of a shift to set up Jamie Benn for the overtime winner against Carolina. Uh, another two point night. He's got, a, I think it's an eight or nine game point streak, which is the longest by any rookie this season. Um, five on five scoring. I think he's got since March the first, the only player with more five on five scoring than him is Connor McDavid. Um, and not only that, <laughs> really he's yeah. Um, since, since March the first, um, the, um, he's doing this all off one season in the AHL. Mm. So he's had one year professional experience. Kaprasov has had five and a half seasons in the KHL and he's 24 and Robertson's 21. So I'm not saying that because Kaprasov's 24 and he's got all this experience, he shouldn't win because yeah. it goes to... The nature know, of the rules, he can win. But yeah, yeah. 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 But oh, I get what you mean. It makes it so much more impressive that Robertson yeah. is doing all of this in his second professional season. Yeah. And it's in the NHL. I mean, yeah. the KHL is a very good league. And um, so it served him, uh, Kaprasov, really well coming over here. They've been waiting for ages for him to actually arrive in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's had a massive impact on why they've made made the playoffs. Um do you think Robertson has the potential to to kind of be a franchise player? 
Because it, uh, it feels in Minnesota like Kaprasov is already, and I guess it is partly what you said before about him, you know, they're uh, the waiting a long time for him to arrive. And now he's arrived more in his peak potentially. So yeah. the, the hype is real about him with Minnesota and they're already going to be building, you know, the kind of team around him. Do you see the stars doing the same with Robertson? I, I think he's ended up having the kind of season that the stars probably hoped he would have in two or three years' time. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's had the season kind of two years early. It all depends how he continues to improve. The The rate of improvement since March the 1st is really exciting because you see his whole all-round game improving. Some of the plays he makes, is re- they're really clever. Um, and he's actually making... Uh, his line mates, Ropey Hints and um, Pavelski, better. Um, tweeted a feature on uh, uh, NBC about him. And, you know, he Kaprizov, without Kaprizov, Minnesota kind of have got the same plus nine goal rating or something. But without Robertson, the Stars are struggling. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's got the potential to kick on and become a franchise player. I don't think that's quite where the Stars saw him projecting before this season, but now it it just all depends how he how he keeps progressing. But he seems a really nice lad, uh, good hockey IQ, as they say, and who knows? Really exciting. Yeah, and just the kind of name, that, or just the kind of player that you'd think the Stars need as some of their other kind of stars get towards the end of their not the end of their careers, but in certainly them being kind of superstars, you kind of, you Jamie Benz, you, you players like that who were, you know, they're, they're sadly age has beat, has beaten every single hockey player ever. And, um, <laughs> you know, it will, it will also get to them. And you think the stars really, you know, will, will hope that Robertson can um, become part of that next generation of players coming through. Yeah. I think, I think him now adding to Haskin and Hints and Gurianov. Yeah. give you an exciting future hopefully so yeah and Ot- Ottinger does he well, yeah I mean he's been he's been brilliant 21 years old um, first season in net uh, Ben Bishop's been out all season not coming back so he's he's really shared the net with, with Dobby and at times kept kept Hudobin out of mm. out the crease so I think next season well in the summer there's a real decision to be made if uh, Hudobin doesn't go to Seattle in the expansion draft um, because Ottinger is the future of goaltending in Dallas. So yeah. he's got to play. He's got to get game time, whether it's as a backup to Bishop or not. Um, but yeah, Hudobin or Bishop has got to move and I can't see Bishop going anywhere because of his no trade clauses. No. One um, one final uh, award that does take place, and Claire mentioned it um, earlier on, and I just wanted to give it a little nod because I do love the name of it, and that is the Lady Bing Award, which uh, is for the nicest player of the NHL season. I don't, I don't think you can say it that way. I think you've got to say the Lady Bing. The Lady Bing. Lady, Lady Bing. Bing Award. Yes. Um, and that is for the fewest penalty minutes. Is that right? I actually, it's not on my list, so I can't, I'm doing it off the top well, of my head. But it's not specifically the fewest penalty minutes, but it generally goes to the player with the most points and the fewest penalty minutes. Right. Okay. So you've got to have a high impact, but do it in a very nice way. Yeah. 
it is do the, it without hurting anyone it is the yeah. player the actual word is the player a judge to have exhibited yeah. the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability so essentially everything that hockey fans don't want their players to be essentially I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like, what do all what do all the hockey fans shout out for? Be tougher, be harder, come on, fight this back. Year, with all the divisional matchups, yeah, you know, you don't really want a team full of Lady Bings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt. I'm going to get Lady Bing on my jersey next year. That's what I've decided already. Um, Make sure you spell it looking, correctly. Just looking for Brad Marchand in the list of nope. previous winners. <laughs> Never won it. Never no. going to. No. Nathan McKinnon got it last year, if that gives yeah. you uh, Alexander Barkov the year before. Yeah. You know, just um, thinking like about the, the Calder Cup. Yeah. Um, do you think it'd be interesting, like, I guess for this season or maybe next season, for the guys who are coming in for their first season in the NHL, because... The AHL finished its season early last year. The OHL seasons have been cancelled. So mm. a lot of the, the leagues below the NHL haven't really played as many games. They haven't got as much ice time. Like it's almost harder like for them to kind of get back up to speed. Um, you know, in their in their first season. It's even bigger jump for some of these guys coming straight into the NHL. Next year, there's gonna be a <laughs> I would imagine there's going to be a real drop off in in those players who are going to um, come through to those first team uh, squads because of that fact. Because there hasn't really been much of a season for a lot of these players, and it is really feast or famine at the moment. You're either in the NHL and playing every other night, or you're in another league and you're hardly playing if at all. And it, it's really tough for guys, particularly ones, you know, I know there are the taxi squad, so they are training with the team and they're involved, but you're not playing. Um, and if you've been on the, the taxi squad all year, then you have not had much exposure to, to real life hockey. And you could find yourself with the right number of injuries plummeted into the uh, playoffs in the next few weeks. It's, fa- it's really fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Have you got any more uh, cups that you'd like to add or, or should I round up with oh, some just, TV news? Nope, there's just uh, one more, which is the Stanley Cup, which is awarded to the uh, best the team, the, the Stanley Sorry? Cup. I don't know the, what that is. The Stanley Cup is the uh, the te- the best team uh, awarded over through the playoffs and the winner of the playoffs. Uh, and uh, yeah. Never heard of it. Already, that one has been awarded this year already. We're just waiting to uh, to <laughs> confirm it. Well. This year's Toronto Maple Leafs Stanley <laughs> Cup winners. I mean, I think what a uh, story! Give me my moment, right? What a story this will be, right? Fa- right, Matt. I'm talking to Matt here because I don't need to convince Claire that the Maple Leafs winning the Stanley Cup would be a good thing. But you know, Matt, let's say the Dallas Stars don't make the playoffs, right? So you've got absolutely no skin in the game for this year's playoffs. Wow, dude, if- softened the blow. All right, I'm just trying to get his own, like you know, Dallas aren't on the equation. This year, even if you don't like the Leafs, right, this year you have got so many incredible stories of players who will win a cup for the first time right at the end of their careers. I'm going to give you everyone's favourite bearded man, Joe Thornton. I'm going to give you Jason Spezza, former Dallas star as well. I'm going to give you, who should we go with next? Wayne Simmons is a bit of a... I'm, I'm not necessarily sure how a lot of fan bases would feel about Wayne Simmons winning a cup. I don't think there's the same kind of vibes to that. 
But there are so many good stories that are attached to this Leafs team this year that you think, come on, wouldn't it be great to see them win the cup? I think I can probably speak for <laughs> the majority of hockey fans yeah, across the world when I say that biased. they do not care one bit about the stories in Toronto. <laughs> because Even like, for players like Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton, well, so, legends so, of the league. Jason Spezza do care about because he's a nice guy. He was yeah. really, really good in Dallas. And yeah, I'd love to see him win a cup. It's just a shame if it was with Toronto. <laughs> I, I think the problem Toronto have is all their fans ever do is moan. And so yeah. it means that most hockey fans don't want to see Toronto win. <laughs> because if you think how much the fans moan, how unbearable are they going to be when they actually win the Stanley Cup? Horrifically. Exactly. So me alone. To answer your you question, is going to be unbearable. I'll, you'll just be muted. Uh, <laughs> you can't I mute think, me if I come around your house. Uh, let's hope social distancing is back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, people. People just don't care about those storylines if, if they're not yeah. in Toronto just probably like you don't care so much about Jason Robertson winning the Calder as I do you know uh, but I think oh, but he's Nick Robertson's Toronto, brother so I do care because well, you know I like the Robertson so, family <laughs> and unfortunately for Toronto I think because they are you know effectively like the Manchester United of yeah. of hockey yeah and their fan base are so vocally complaining all the time and the even when they're winning the Even amount of press, yeah, yeah. Know. yeah, you know that. I think that's the kind of thing that makes people not want Toronto win. It's just even when you've got a really good side, better than most, those fans have to listen to the fans moan, and you're just like, I just love Austin Matthews in my yeah, team. I'd love I'm... Mitch Marner. I'd love the attacking talent that you've got when you know our team's struggling to score goals. So, yeah. The thing is, Matt, though, like, I see where you're coming from because I would say there are these stories in for every team. It's just that we're not tuned in to hear these stories or some of those teams don't have such a big hockey press community that can cover this and, and publicise all these stories. They're just broadcasting the wins, the losses, the results, yeah. repeat. That's all the coverage that yeah. they're going to get. But these stories exist in every single team. Um, I do this year that... alone, this year that you've got, you know, with Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza, who, let's face it, the two of them are nearing the end of their NHL career. They're both on league minimum and they're both probably only ever going to get one year contracts at league minimum. And thank God for Joe Thornton, he managed to get himself out of San Jose for a year. But they they are getting to the point where their NHL careers, they're going to be some of the best players to have never won a cup. Now, I grant you, there are players across the league who do for who do kind of fall under that umbrella but it just so happens that two of the biggest names in hockey currently are with the Leafs it's like Patrick Marlowe in San Jose if San Jose got through to you know any kind of you know final or Stanley Cup final I'd love to see him win a Stanley Cup because you cheer for those individuals beyond beyond your team once your own team's biased is out of the way and the, the you know your rivalries and things like that and I guess this is where the Leafs fall short because the there's not a rivalry but every team hates them but I, I don't know. To see those players kind of win that cup would just be incredible. Like the, the passing of the cup between Thornton to Spezza would be incredible. Hate, hate is too much. I don't hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
you, you're almost a fan then, judging how the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? Because I think in a way that Manchester United are like a gateway team in terms of a brand, you know, internationally yeah. for football. I think Toronto Maple Leafs is a gateway brand for people new to the NHL. Like when you go to um, watch games in the UK league, I was always amazed by how many Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys I would see people wearing more than other jerseys. Hmm. You know, like the 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 international fan base is huge because of the brand. I suppose they're one of the, the they're one of the it. yeah they're one of the biggest sporting franchises in the entire world. Like they are they are right up there in terms of wealth and exposure and all that kind of stuff. They they are right up there with the kind of uh, you know alongside New York Rangers and the the Yankees and the. Uh, and other teams of that ilk. But anyway. Do you think, Matt, here, serious question, do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs would be in the uh, Super League if the NHL decided to create a Super League? Do you think the uh, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs would be in that? No, because their name's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. Let... <laughs> Claire, over to you. I've done enough talking. Let, let's just recap on the big story that broke today about the NHL and Turner Sports um, deal. Yeah, I so know nothing about this. What's this? It's it's literally just unfolded. Um, I think it's changed very quickly in the last week. And so it's now a seven-year media rights deal. Um, and a lot of it kind of sounds really based around money. The, the, um, Gary Bettman made a promise to his board of governors that he was going to go and get $750 million worth of revenue out of TV rights. And he did that by landing a deal with ESPN. And now he's got this deal with Turner. So is this the, so this is the B package then to the US TV rights? Yes. Uh, Interesting. Matt's probably going to have to help me explain this but i didn't realize that the 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 deal before was with nbc sports and they'd signed for a 10-year deal yeah um and actually i think i was reading here like it was uh so the the nhl will be getting more than 600 million dollars for its u.s broadcast rights for the foreseeable future it's more than triple the rate that nbc have been paying since 2011 so you know in terms of we want to raise the cap you know see what we need to recoup the revenues that the league has lost in the last couple of years through you know not having bums on seats and what's incredible about that as well and you know you've got to tip your hat to Bettman for doing this at the moment is he's he's negotiated this during a pandemic (laughs) like he's negotiated this deal when companies are using any excuse and any reason to cut back their costs and you think those TV companies, okay, they are huge TV companies, but they will still have been hit by this pandemic. And so the fact that he has able to still go out and hit that target and also fascinating that NBC will just disappear off the face of the earth in terms of NHL broadcasting after so many years. I mean, looking a bit more detail, they're going to, for the next seven years, Turner Sports will look after their the Winter Classic They'll look at after the New Year's New Year's Day outdoor games. Mm. Uh, they will show all games in the Stanley Cup final in three of those seven years. Yeah. Um, half of the first two rounds of the playoffs. Um, I think what we were trying to work out was there was a line which I needed to check with Matt. Basically, that confused me a little bit because a lot of us who watch it from the UK pay for NHL TV, okay? And one of the lines it said to me in, in the press release was, um, 
Uh, they'll also stream um, out-of-market games re- in the regular season on ESPN+, Plus, which will replace NHL TV. And Matt explained to me that this might be a bit different for global uh, viewers because ESPN+, Plus is just in the in America. Is that right? Yeah, so current, currently the ESPN+, Plus app, which it is an app, so it's not a TV channel, it's an app that you have. Um is only available in America, as far as I'm aware. So uh, the example I gave was uh, UFC signed a deal with ESPN and ESPN Plus for their um, fights. But in the UK, a deal had to be struck with BT because the ESPN Plus app is not available in Europe. Hmm. So it might be that either the ESPN app does become available in Europe or NHL TV continues, but just not in America. Don't it know. Could, it could be like Hopefully the international more, more details come out. I mean, I, I tweeted this on our Twitter account at NHL fans from afar. And Jeff got in contact with us um, to also point out, like Matt had said, I think this is us only ESPN plus will swallow NHL.tv in the U S um, it's uh it's not got confirmation of what happens outside the US for streaming. Same for TV rights in the UK. The ESPN announcement said they've got rights in some European countries, but they didn't specify which ones. Um worth noting BT Sport uh ESPN is run by BT who license um the brand and some programming. From what I've read, that deal, unless it's been renewed, is up at the end of this year. So I think as UK fans or european or or outside of europe i guess i'm gonna switch off my automatic subscription for nhl tv so that i want to see what i'm being offered because it can get quite complicated if we need to pay do we need to pay a fee for espn do we need to pay another fee for nhl do we have to pay another fee for premier sports i mean i want to the answer will be yes (laughs) what the heck like how is this going to affect me so um, if you are listening and you spot an article that's coming out over the next few days, please tag us or at mention us on a comment on this, because I think this is one that we'd like to keep one eye out uh, for. And I don't think it will come quickly. I guess it'll kind of be very under the radar because we're not really thought of as like core audience, are we? Outside of North not, America, not core audience, but there are there is an audience in in Europe and particularly um, Eastern Europe and other parts um, of around the European continent. There there is an audience there, so it will be part of the deal, and there will be money to be made from it. But like with all streaming services, you know, the golden age of streaming has well <laughs> has finished in terms of it from the consumer because. You know, the days when if you had a Netflix subscription, you essentially could watch anything you wanted streaming, you know, that that is so long gone now because and it's the same with sports, you know, in in this country, you used to have a Sky Sports subscription and that would mean you could watch pretty much any football game that you'd want to watch. Now you've got to look at Sky Sports, Premier Sports, Amazon Prime, sorry, not Premier Sports, BT Sport and Amazon Prime. Even NHL in the UK at the moment, as you kind of said, Claire, you've got Premier Sports, BT have a couple of games, you, BT Sports and NHL TV. So that's three subscriptions to ensure that you you are able to watch every game that you want to watch. Now, I appreciate most people have lives, but if you're you know an hour into this podcast, you're probably a diehard hockey fan who does watch a lot of hockey. And that is going to be... 
I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to a point of there will be a one-stop shop for all hockey games because like all sorts of sports, they just get carved up because it's an easier way and a better way of monetizing it. So the, the Premier Sports and BT deal is up this season, I believe. So oh, there is a chance that on. some somebody gets the come rights on. in the UK and it is just another single subscription. So you, you go away nice, from having to have the two. But we'll see. It'd be great if it was BT. <laughs> Watch this space. Well, um, just one more thing on TV. Actually, just thought I'd quickly throw in. Uh, talking of free TV, um, Free Sports, which is an arm of Premier Sports, have just announced um, that they are going to be showing all of the um, Team GB, well, including all of Team GB's games at next month's IWHF World Championships in Latvia. Sadly, none of us are going to be there, are they? Are we? Unless anyone's found some magic way of getting there um but um their tournament is going ahead as planned for the men um and team gb will feature and you'll be able to watch all of the games on free sports um including team gb's which will be a bit of fun bit of uh prime time hockey viewing for the hockey fans maybe a bit of a kind of playoff warm-up perhaps the the gb squad was announced as well it's quite quite interesting there's a few of the more senior players not not going for various reasons and so there's uh quite a few youngsters going which should be quite exciting to watch which you can imagine for some of those um you know some of those players it's really difficult it's one thing as an nhl player having to go into these bubbles or things like this but you know these guys have got you know other lives jobs all sorts of things going on outside of hockey and and you know hockey in this country particularly has been absolutely hammered by the pandemic in terms of the amount of games they've been able to play um, so really tough, but that all starts. The first um, GB game is on the 22nd of May. So Great Britain play Russia. They then play Slovakia, then Denmark, then Belarus, then Sweden, then the Czech Republic, then Switzerland, finishing on the 1st of June. Brilliant. Well, um, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of rounds it up for this week. That's kind of plenty to, for people to be getting their teeth into. I guess I was just kind of like looking like down like the the where are people at this week? And I just cannot believe that Vegas are on a nine-game winning streak. Minnesota are on a seven-game winning streak. For me, I'm looking over at the West. That's where my eyes are going to be. I'm going to watch some Blues and Arizona Coyotes games. And guess what? The Blues are playing Minnesota five times over the next few weeks and Vegas twice. And Arizona are also playing Vegas twice. So it'd be very interesting to see because, you know, how hungry are those teams? Can they upset Minnesota or Vegas uh, game winning streak? Matt, what um, playoff race are you going to be watching over the next couple of weeks? Uh, probably the <laughs> North. No, <laughs> you suddenly become a Canucks fan. <laughs> uh no, it's, it's, I'm quite enjoying it, to be honest, because I think two weeks ago, I'd, I'd completely given up on them. They mm. were playing terribly, um, coming up to the trade deadline, didn't really look like we were going to do anything. And, and then all of a sudden, we're playing meaningful hockey and playing like it means something and getting results. And we've gone on a good run, uh, two points behind Nashville with two games in hand. So Saturday, um, you play yeah. Nashville. What do you think is going to happen really? in that? What What's your form between each other? Uh, we started the season beating them twice, and then I think they beat us a few times, and it, it's it's been back and forth. But I mean, the games, the games with Nashville are always pretty uh, tense, kind of playoff style hockey, anyway. So I think I think this is going to be no different. Uh, it's it's a really important week. 
so we've got Carolina uh, second half of back to back tonight. Nashville have got Florida second half of a back to back tonight, and then we've got one of our games in hand against Tampa on Thursday. Jesus, so that, mate! So there'll only be one game between us come the match on Saturday. Um, so you then, could potentially be neck and neck then on yeah. that game on Saturday. So that that Saturday game has a massive impact on going oh, into that final week. Fantastic. Um, do you know well, what? Um, do you know what fun. that's on that game on Saturday? Is it on Premier Sports? Don't know. I haven't looked. No. I live. I live day to day now, John. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh no! Don't worry. Toronto, Vancouver on Premier Sports, obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, the stars have so many games. It's just like yeah, day to day. Well, it's a bank holiday weekend here in the UK, so hopefully that means that many more of you listening will have an extra day to catch up on maybe an additional game. Perhaps that's the game that you want to hide the scores for and watch it from start to finish if you've got an extra, what, three hours? Maybe four, if it's that tight. (laughs) Um, The the Stars have played so many overtimes. Uh, periods that have gone to uh, gone to shootout, they've played more than an extra game. <laughs> so, so in addition to playing, so as many if games the stars needed period, an extra game, <laughs> they've they've had something like sixty-seven minutes of overtime. Man, God, the playoffs so are going to be they, fun if for If they them, do make they? it to the play, if they do make it to the playoffs, have no expectation that they do anything. But no. it will be. I said earlier in the season, it will be almost probably a bigger achievement than getting to the Stanley Cup final last year. Amazing. With everything that's gone on. Fun times. Well, let's see how this weekend rounds up. What will the game-winning streak be for Vegas and Minnesota next week? Can they reach double figures? I do not know. And uh, hopefully Jolon will be back wearing some Toronto Maple Leaf merchandise, seen as um, both me and Matt represented with our virtual backgrounds on Zoom. I will tweet the picture of uh, all three of us and you can see how little effort Jolon made in his outfits today. Um, but that's the end of the podcast. Have a great week. Goodbye. <laughs>